And welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast, kicking off the 2019 season. This episode, we are going to be diving into some of the details of some of these trades that have happened, mostly involving Seattle, the head scratching that has ensued and everybody's worn a sore patch on their head. We're also going to dive into this 30-team mock draft that we are in the process of. We've completed three rounds and we're heading into the fourth. Some strange things things are starting to develop within it. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. I am Jeremy, and I am joined in the front office with Phil and Todd. All right, we'll kick this off with what is Seattle doing, guys? I don't know, you're gonna have to explain this to me. I consider myself fairly intelligent, but I'm I'm really not understanding. At least the the JP Crawford, Segura, and Carl Santana trade. Um, kind of understand the other one. Makes you know a lot of financial sense on the other side, but this one just really I don't get. Todd, what are your thoughts on the deals? The JP Crawford Santana one. That's the one that confuses me all day long. I'm trying to figure out deal is. Um, like for example, Crawford all levels last year he hit 211. In 2017 he hit 239 and 500 over 500 bats. Is that good? So that's not good. Okay. <laughs> so that trade I don't really get. I kind of like the Cano trade because you're getting rid of uh, obviously the huge contract, and I really like uh, last year. Really really good prospect so i understand that one but the crawford trade makes just like he wants to make a trade to make a trade to Pato right now i mean it's really really weird trade yeah i mean and they're eating all that money from the the carlos santana yeah. deal but man oh man it's not that much more money for Segura, who is a much better player and, and in my estimation probably should have netted you a much better return but i just really confused, but hey, it's really good for Segura is the number one thing that I thought of. Um, you know, the new ballpark, uh, much better environment. Uh, he's going to be hitting at the top of a, a better lineup, most likely, as well. Um, you know, they're probably going to sign Harper or Machado still is what they're talking about. Maybe just both. Still, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I saw, too, which is crazy. <laughs> Um, you know, they already have some uh, in that lineup. So uh, I think that he's the big winner in this whole scenario. Um, but understand still, someone explain it to me is what I all, all I need. And especially, I don't think Carlos Santana fits Safeco very well, or Dale West in general, because he had a 766 OPS last year and he's 33. So last year was kind of a down year. You know, he's on the wrong side of 30. And I just, at that ballpark, he's a walk and power guy. And that's not really a good spot for home runs. So. Well, and, and what I was going to say, is exactly your point is that Carlos Santana did what he did in Philly's ballparks in the entire major leagues. Now he's going to go to one of the worst ballparks in the major leagues. This is not a guy that you want next year. And this is not a guy that the $40 million is going to be worth. Crawford is five years younger than Segura, but that's the only like plus that I see in this deal for Seattle, unless they've got something else cooking where they're going to turn around and flip them. Be the only way that this would even make sense, clear somehow Santana's... I still don't see how that makes sense because the, the prospects that they should get which should be much better than the, the J.P. Crawford, the, the Carl Santana trade, if they trade them out now, give, so they're going to eat part of that, that contract anyways. I, I, I don't think that there's a scenario where they're going to be like, this is the final piece and I'm going to just be like, oh, now it makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I... 
I just don't I just don't see it happening. Like I, I really think that that's one of the ones where we're going to scratch our head for a long time. Does does this I mean this obviously hurts Santana's value going into 20 uh if he stays in Seattle. Crawford probably a wash on his overall value at, at a loss. Field Dimensions, Pitchers Park, whatever. Gura you see because of the offense surrounding him? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um Carlos Santana, unless you're in an on-base percentage league, I just don't see how he's draftable. Unless they're in like a pretty deep league. I guess he probably might be drafting a 15-teamer just for the upside alone, but I don't think I'd be I don't think I'd be the guy taking him in a league like that. Guy, last three years, he's averaging a 307 batting average and 25 stolen bases a year. And in that Phillies lineup, I mean, it's a good upgrade for him, I think. All right, let's dive into this mock fantasy dynasty that we've got going on. And I roll through what we actually have for categories here. I believe it's a five by five kind of yep. generic. It's on base percentage instead of average and Save, uh, saves hold? and hold. Yeah. yeah. Instead of yeah. just saves. So we're, we're in this mock with guys all across the industry. Lots of the, the smaller podcasts that you guys should probably be listening to as well. Uh, following their websites. Some of these guys kick out some really nice stuff. Uh, I know our friends over at the Fantasy Gospel, they're in this. Casey Bubba is in this. So much fun we've had in the chat room, which is not public, but... <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, let's kind of recap this. So we're we're three rounds in. How how has your draft gone, Phil? Did you have uh, really a strategy going 30 teams deep on this? Yes. Yeah, so I kind of drew the short straw and I was uh, 25. So that's like, to me, one of the absolute worst spots to pick. Um, I, but but you've I, turned if, it around from that 25 I, I like, spot. I like my team for where it's at. Um, I like other people's teams because of where they're at. Um, they have the ability to do things. Uh, for instance, free, free stats. He just entered the fourth round. Uh, he has a team that is just going to stack for the, the next <laughs> 10 years probably. Yeah. I mean, it's Walker Bueller, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Brennan Rogers, and he just drafted uh, Taylor Trammell as well. So he is, you know, what I would want in a, in a league like this. But where I was at um, first, uh, first round, I wanted a, a hitter that was going to be solid for this year. Um, probably the next few years uh, it, on base percentage league. So that was one thing uh, I know I tweeted out that I was uh, also considering uh, was Giancarlo Stanton and Charlie Blackman and that pick. But, you know, I, I ultimately chose because of the on base percentage. And then so. Yeah. So he fell to 25. But, but it yeah. is a dynasty, though. And he's right one. Right. True. Yeah. I mean, so some of these guys that are being drafted earlier, like nineteen twenty, or or and, later, like right. Charlie Blackman went seventy fifth overall, and th- and that's yeah. why I was, you know, I I, I kick myself because you know I should have, um, I really like what I got there because I, I don't think he would have been here had he not had Tommy John surgery, and so Shohei Otani is my uh, second round pick. That um, at for, 36. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I felt like that was a really good value for where he was because I feel like he probably would have gone top 12, 15 um, if, if he didn't have Tommy John surgery, maybe even higher than that because he does give the dual value. Potentially. Um, yeah, exactly. And and so I, I just think that, you know, especially with his, uh, his bat looking as good as it did, and, man, he really dominated from the pitching side. I mean, as good as his bat looked, he was he was an ace when yeah. he was pitching, and so that's that's why I went for him. Um, the Uber upside pick, 
because uh, you know in a league like this he could be the number one overall player uh, easily if if everything clicks um, is the next guy that that fell to me um, what what exactly number was that. 85 so almost 50 picks later yeah uh, so you got you have 11 picks between your and then 50 between your next it's, one and, and that's why i didn't want to be here um right so if i if i was gonna be anywhere like that i wanted to be at the top half of the draft to where i had one of those absolute studs um you know who, who who went up there that early? Um, Cunha, uh, Ramirez, Lindor, Bregman. Bregman would have been a really good guy that I would love to have yeah. early on. Or even Vlad Jr., you know. Um, but at, at this point, you know, I, I love wh- what I've done with, as I guess what I'll say. Todd, how how have you done <laughs> drafting out of the two spot? Yeah, so I had the second pick. Uh, Trout went number one, Cunha. And you chose and... the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was torn. I was torn. I, I'm in the same camp there, Phil. I I told him. Yeah. I honestly would have gone Acuna number one overall in this league. Valid, yeah. valid just argument. Cause his, just because of his age. 26 next year. Or, yeah, he'll be 21 next year. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean that was I, I was 50 50. I was uh, I actually told Jared I was going to take Acuna, and then I flipped the bets last night. It, uh, I mean, either way, I don't think you can go wrong. You know, in hindsight, I probably would go Acuna, but... You, you live and learn. Now, you had forever and a day between that pick and your next. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. Yeah. 58 picks later, you had somebody at 59th overall. Yeah, so my first pick was Friday, my next pick was Sunday. And, <laughs> and um, so I wanted... Um, Devers went a little closer to that too. So I took Mitch Hanniger and um, Hanniger and their stats last year were really similar. Um, Hanniger only had a couple less homers, more RBIs. Uh, the stolen bases were only four apart and obviously Hanniger's four or five years younger. So uh, I went Hanniger there, came back around and took Jameson Tallian at a 62 overall, started off the third round. My boy. And he, um, second half of last year, had a 2-3-3 ERA. Didn't give up more than three runs in any of his starts. Uh, Ten of those 13 starts he had two or less runs. So Italian really brought together last year. He's 27, and uh, just the emergence of his slider. He finally has a second and third pitch, and I, I love Italian at that spot. Um, right behind me, Paxton, Berrios, Marquez, and Whitley went. So a little starting pitching run, but uh, I really like Italian at that spot. Yeah, ever since he debuted that slider or changed yeah. up his grip, it's just excellent. I just kind of fell into where where and what I drafted. I was overall, and between me and Rich D over at 643 Baseball, we've got almost identical rosters. You could almost interchange the players. Like, I had my queue set up for Blake Snell and Jacob DeGrom in that first round. Snell went right before me, so I ended up with DeGrom. Next round, coming back around, uh, I wound up with, uh, there was a lot of choices there. Man, he's 27, 28, it looks like. And he's every year. Like, there, he hasn't really plateaued yet. And he's shown that taking him 48th overall, really nice. So yeah. I, I really set myself up. Oh, Carrasco, no, he's 31. My aces are mm-hmm. 30 and 31. And for a run of the next four or five years with these guys, and also win now. And I have two established aces on my staff. Third also, round, also, yeah. Also, just to pivot from that, if 
if things did go sour and like you just didn't like how your team ended up, awesome assets to have in a dynasty league to somebody else that needs yeah. to win now. And so, especially if you do it early on, like right after the draft, very nice prospect or uh, probably a few nice prospects. Um, you know, that you could draft maybe around there instead. But at the same time, at this point of the draft, I really like what you've done. So I agree. Go ahead go ahead and continue with your third pick. I just wanted to throw that little tidbit in there. Yeah, and so my third pick, I was coming up on 73 overall. I had no bats, all arms, and I needed somebody that was a cornerstone. And so I was sitting there, queuing everything up, had some time to wait after the draft stop last night, and kept flip-flopping between two names. Uh, Jesus Aguilar who is 28, and Peter Alonzo, 23. And there's always the risk going with the prospect. He's got nice numbers. Also, Aguilar is a proven commodity. And so it was kind of taken out of my hands because Rich, right before me, sniped Aguilar again. Uh, I have a feeling that's going to be happening all through the rest of this draft. Uh, Seems we have a similar strategy. And I wound up with Alonzo at 73 overall, and I needed a going to hold me over with youth isn't for another 50 some odd and most of them will be depleted by then yeah i agree uh i really like what you've done with your team uh and you keep comparing your team to his and i honestly think i like your team better i'm not a big fan of the Syndergaard pick yeah. of his, but their own Dilla Young Arm, 26, and he's proven at the major league level for a few years. So yeah, the injury risk and the threat that he is going to be traded. Uh, mm-hmm. So and what I love about your, keep in mind, what was it, nine or ten teams don't have a starting pitcher yet. So you have DeGrom and Carrasco. Yeah, there's, and, there's yeah. seven teams currently that do that not have a starting pitcher. Uh, only two teams have pitcher. I mean, that's a massive advantage, starting out with DeGrom and Carrasco over everyone else. That's probably the best one-two punch in the league right now. <laughs> It's uh, in this league, yeah. Currently, it's only one of yeah. I mean, yeah, your uh, your right. other your other one two punches are Snell and Syndergaard, Kluber and Corbin, uh, Bauer and Bumgarner, and that's it. So I've set myself up with a good base. Now just need to fill out the rest of my offense. And we'll see where it goes from there. Strategy kind of jump off the page for you guys. I know we have one team that's been kind of causing some scratching of heads some even questioning the validity of this mock draft (laughs) yeah that was that was just funny to me um that someone even like said that but i mean it's a mock draft man uh chill out uh but anyway so someone took max serger scherzer 10th overall now blake snell went two picks later jacob de grom went a pick after that I don't see like the big problem in taking arguably the best pitcher on the planet right now, um, 10th overall in a, in a dynasty league. I get it, you know, not invest in starting pitching as heavily early on, but one guy, he, he hasn't even drafted another pitcher, you know, so far. So he's, he's not like he's going down the rabbit hole, like over and over and over again. Right. And, and, and I just don't understand like the, the problem, but the, his last pick, I give up. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> I give this up is, on understanding. this is one of our friends over at belly up sports uh he's their milb brian hanzel he's gone a little different and he's playing like win now so he went scherzer in the first round xander bogarts in the second 
28-year-old Scooter Jeanette in the third. His middle infield is set, playing both a little bit of a long game, but also win now. I mean, I guess when you say that Scooter's only 28, I just feel like he's been around forever. Uh... <laughs> Seems like doesn't it. it. Doesn't it seem like he's been around forever and, uh, and then he's like 30s almost? Yeah. <laughs> he's um, been around six but I, years. But I mean, I guess if he's only 28, that's not a bad pick, but I still it's such a head scratcher at the moment. Um, actually, now I'm kind of turning my head around and, and I think that that's a good pick because, I mean, Scooter has been awesome and completely forgotten about the last two years. Two years ago is where his breakout was. So, But last year, he got no love. And, and nearly repeated. I mean, he exactly. was close, yeah. like near identical stats all across the board. And I mean, he's 28. He came up and he was 22. Mouth that pick. I mean, it's unorthodox by name, but established cred now. Because I mean, I really like the strategy of going in one way or another. You know, obviously he wants to win now. The guy at free stats, at free stats, who was picking last, he has. We talked about earlier. I mean, the Bueller, Jimenez, uh, Rogers, Trammell. Going in one way or the other, I think that's kind of the way to Swing. go. But. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, the the scooter pick there there's five second basemen off the board, and he followed that pick. Albies was off the board, Altuve was off the board. But yeah, our free stats, man. That, granted, drafting out of the thirty spot, you gotta get creative. In a young ace, um, an amazing number one prospect. And I'm surprised he didn't go sooner. Thirty overall yeah. for Walker Bueller in a dynasty. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a steal. Steals. Think, same exact. Same thing with Eloy Jimenez. You gotta think. There's there's guys like Vlad Jr. He went tenth overall. Discount on Eloy Jimenez. That all day. Kind of stand out. Too early. Too late deals i guess dynasty draft you're, you're looking at as we've said in the chat a thousand and one different strategies going into this for right. 30 teams many of us didn't develop a strategy beforehand we just started and yeah. oh well this is what's fallen to, into my lap so it's available or should i go prospect type deal pretty much just a little background on how this came about james one of the writers came to us and goes hey we should do a mock draft and he's like i'll start setting it up and i was like you know everybody's like cool that sounds great and then literally the next day we're drafting and so <laughs> no one had a chance to like think about anything at all before we're you know already being degenerates um <laughs> here in december in a 30 team league um, the only thing that could be worse, and, and Keith would love this, uh, is if it was a two-catcher league uh, for 30 teams. <laughs> <laughs> right. We only wanted to keep this fairly basic 25-man uh, roster. We're looking into a more ornate dream-type dynasty draft coming up in the new year, which will take a little more preparation and feeling out and figuring out thing. Uh salary caps whatnot how to value players type deal but we'll, we'll keep you posted when that's ready <laughs> this this was just off the cuff as phil said like and we were drafting the next day so we'll, we'll take from this what we can taking this whole mock draft as gospel to answer some of your question or your question earlier about some of the picks that stood out though um specifically harper went after juan soto um so i mean you know last year no one even really knew who juan soto was mostly um and that I mean, was... a lot of the degenerates in this league knew who juan soto <laughs> was but um people in other leagues probably didn't picks i love is 
it would be 66 overall. Charlie strikes considering yeah. all the prospects that went um, uh, so early in the draft. Forrest Whitley, he's probably my favorite pitching prospect right now at the moment. And at 66, that's that's a really good deal. He was number one in my queue heading into that round. And I got sniped on quite a few guys. And I would have been fine starting off with three aces. Oh, wow. I just would have really... Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have been very fine starting off with those three aces and just going from there. As we've been saying, it's just you develop your strategy as it goes round by round, watching your cue just name by name. <laughs> so I have like the worst pick of the draft, I think. I guess in my opinion, caveat. Whit Merrifield at 60 or what? No, that's my boy. <laughs> what happens, baby? I'm not Keith. Uh, hashtag Keith, Keith hates my players. Um, but no, Gary Sanchez. How do you take yeah. a guy that did that bad that has issues? I don't know, man. Yankees fan question mark? Uh, and he took potentially Seager in the second round, which I'm not. Tommy John playing shortstop, National League. Not I don't hate that one because, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as me taking Shohei this year. Um, he's actually coming back already. And had he not had Tommy John, I just try to look at things differently and try to find value where it's not. Mm-hmm. And and so I wouldn't see Corey Seager in that position in any other scenario other than him having Tommy John, and that's not going to hurt his hitting ability. True. And I believe Seager swings left-handed like Otani. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's Correct. why. Exactly. And he's 24. Only right. 24. He's only 24. <laughs> It'd help yeah. if he actually stole some bases that could justify his value a little more. Um, he hasn't had more than four in a season. Uh, yeah, but he's got Gary Sanchez for that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. You, you take Sanchez over, though, who is a year older right. and better established. You're going to get more power out of Sanchez. Kind of stood out to me. And that is the only catcher off the board. Correct. Uh, through three rounds. It should be zero at this point. <laughs> in, in the great fantasy baseball invitational, there was literally like seven of us who just all got together and we were literally posting in the chat, I'm not drafting a catcher until the very end. And so seven of us, one guy, Gary Sanchez, like 29th overall. And he's sitting there <laughs> pouting the whole time because we were literally just sitting there like, I'm not taking a guy until the very end of the draft. I don't care. You're not going to get anything different out of and, and look what he got out of his 29th pick. Nothing. Now my yeah. my my team was miserable. So this is you know grain of salt. The way I view catching, at least. Yeah. Um. And and catching is almost one where you can almost punt it now. I mean, right. there's there's a handful yeah. of maybe stretched out to ten that can give at least somewhat positive value point you're just like well do we leave it empty or especially in this league 20 teams are going to start someone that is horrible 20 yeah (laughs) be part of the 20 and make your other make your other roster spot better get the value where you can don't worry about like my goal i don't want to drop the catcher until at least around christmas (laughs) (laughs) so that's gonna be like your sixth pick right Maybe the the other guy that I read for a second was Charlie Blackman fell. Yeah, seventy fifth. Am I wrong that he just signed a deal like last year, an extension where he is in Coors now still for right? another yeah. three sta- years? I thought it was like a three year extension. So there, maybe maybe you're right. I gotta look into that. Either way, I mean, bare minimum, let's call it three years. That's, that's the prime years you're looking for, anyways. Uh, it was a four year extension, twenty eighteen through twenty twenty one. 
one uh, with okay. options for 2022 and 2023. I think wow. that was a bad deal. But anyways, him and uh, uh, Strouds, me, Tommy Pham is a guy that he went right after Gary Sanchez. Um, there was a nice little run on uh, on some really good value, honestly, for uh, for outfielders. Charlie Blackman, then Chris Davis, which was James, the guy that uh, he's putting this together, Cubby Knoll. Um, and then Gary Sanchez, boo. And then uh, <laughs> Tommy Tommy Pham right after that. Now, Pham did really well once he got to Tampa Bay. Not quite on his, uh, let's see. The power numbers dropped for him, but he batted 343 once he got to Tampa Bay from his average of 248 when he was in St. Louis. So he may be one that's looking for a bounce back. I was hoping he would fall further in the fourth round when I pick at 108, 79. Shoot for the moon, man. Yeah, so here in a second, um, I'm only five picks away, so maybe it'll be tomorrow when I start picking uh, realistically. Well, who knows? I mean, one right. of these guys might, might take you know their time tonight. Um, but I honestly don't even know who I'm going to take here. And that's how, that's how there's so many directions to go still take a nice little prospect though. And (laughs) who was it that I was looking at a second ago? This is bad radio. You guys keep talking. Todd, anything on your radar? Um, again, for about 30 more picks. So all this is going to come out uh, later. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) and so does everybody else. So... So, um, just looking at it, you got guys like Carpenter, Votto, Kane, Brayu, these like 30 year old guys, uh, still there. Maybe, you know, one of the big names falls. You're looking for a veteran presence on your squad there? Yeah. Some, uh, some leadership. But... Yeah. Ozuna's only 28, and yeah. he's still sitting on the board, potentially, potentially gonna fall that far. The guys you're looking at on the board, you've got Trinan, Granky, Matt Carpenter, Votto, Kane, Kimbrell, Ozuna, uh, Pollock, Myers, Fultonevich, Upton. If you are winning, going win now, a few decent long range on the horizon. Um, but yeah, then you got to really start digging deep. So I'll tell you who I'm picking. Profar, one of the Rangers? No. Um, and you have to be very careful when you're picking this player on Fantrax. Wander Franco. So he also has other brothers, also named Wander Franco. <laughs> um, the, you have to just make sure you pick the one in the, the Bay's organization. Absolute monster. Uh, he's a shortstop. And basically, I'm thinking about the middle of this year, you'll start hearing the hype about the same level Cunha two years ago and uh, Soto last year. Uh, if you're like a prospect hound so he's like a year away from that absolutely dominated last year so he's probably going to be my next pick unless someone takes him within the next picks that are in front of me you're um, looking at wander samuel franco exactly not, not wander a that's in the houston organization nor wander who is in the san francisco organization one of them's 23 he's in san francisco organization and then the houston one is 22 and if i am remembering this correctly they are all brothers and the wander you're actually talking about is 17 monster upside <laughs> like i joke around a lot for him like i was just talking about is is to me the same level as like soto and acuna and things like that so he's available and he's just on waivers that would be my number one target in the dynasty league all right well we'll sign off for this week and hopefully be back a little more regularly with you Uh, as we head into the holiday break. So until
until next time, where can they find you, Phil? Phil, and I'm at the Baseball Jedi. Todd, you can find me at Goldie Hat. Find me, Jeremy, at Front Office Jer. Follow the pod at Fan Front Office. And, of course, visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. And go enjoy the holidays, folks. <laughs>